Got it. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone in the franchise world. My name is Paul Segreto, and this is Franchise Today. Today is Wednesday, July 26, 2017. I actually had to think about that. Coming off vacation, I'm actually reporting live from Orlando Airport after spending a week with Mickey Mouse and Company. And joining me today is my co-host, the ever-popular, the ever-loving Stan Friedman, live from Hotlanta, Georgia. It's a small world after all. Uh, don't start that. Four times through the ride. Uh, great memories back all the way to 1964 World's Fair when you were still a teenager. <laughs> Shut up, Paul. I bet you can't wait to get home and get some rest. <laughs> <laughs> Had to be a rough yeah. week. <laughs> and, um yeah, but not as rough a time as um, I know you had at the uh, the beginning of last week's show, Stan. Well, you know, it's uh, it's something called life gets in the way sometimes. I really do want to extend our apologies to uh, John O'Brien, founder and CEO of Poolworks, who was to be our guest last week until um, Block Talk Radio decided that we didn't really want to do a podcast last week. You weren't going to be here anyway, but Kristen Stegretto, a big shout-out to you for trying to take the helm on the back end and get that dashboard to work. But uh, no matter what we did, Paul, we just couldn't get our guest in. So John O'Brien, CEO and founder of Poolworks, will be back to us again. We have to reschedule another date for him. Um, big boo to you, Block Talk Radio, but Christian, thanks for trying. And, um, you know, sometimes it's just uh, the way it is. Life gets in the way. Yeah, it does. And, uh, again, yeah, my apologies as well. Uh, I know the team at, at BizCom does a great job sending us people. We we hate to disappoint, so we'll definitely uh, bring them back on at a future date, probably within the next uh, few weeks. And talking about a few weeks, actually just a week away, we've got the IFA's Wednesday Wise webinar uh, coming up. Stan, tell us a little bit about that because I know it's uh, – it's got you featured all over it. Yeah, Paul, I'm excited. I've never done one of the Wednesday Wise webinars, and uh, thanks to the IFA for the opportunity to host one, and, and that particular one will be next week on August 2nd at 2 p.m. And the focus on our program is going to be about making more out of less. And, you know, it's no secret in the last few months the um, the job market has really, really heated up, and... Lots of people that may have, even a year ago, been considering an opportunity to maybe own their business and own their life as a franchisee have stayed put in their jobs. Um, Jobs are up, wages are up, and it's created a bit of an issue for uh, the generation of high-quality leads. So a lot of brands are fighting over fewer leads. And what we're going to spend a lot of time on, on the podcast or on the webinar next week is talking about making more opportunities, greater opportunities out of fewer leads. And I've got to tell you in real time, Paul, I'm going to take the rest of the front of the house to share something that happened in real time this morning that just absolutely blew the doors off. You can't, you you and me sometimes have that you can't make it up thing. You know, we talk about something that you just can't make it up. Mm -hmm. In real time this morning. Yes, indeed. In real time this morning, I was taking a quick look through my personal email and I saw that I had an email from something called the Dwyer Group blog. 
And so I clicked on the link, and it opened up to a really great piece that I printed, and I was going to actually share this piece in and of itself as part of the front of the house. But wait until I tell you what happened thereafter. So this blog post is called The Positive Attitude in Business is Essential. And I'm reading through this, and, and I'm loving what I'm reading. And, um, and as I'm reading it, my cell phone rang, but I didn't answer it. It went to voicemail. And I looked a moment or two later and found in my voicemail that the call that I didn't answer came from an Atlanta phone number, but it came from a gentleman named Scott Adams. And Scott said, hey, I'm with the Dwyer Group. And I see that you've been interested in some of the things that we've been posting and about our opportunities. Why don't you give me a call, and I'd be happy to share more with you. Well, I called him back. He's in Waco, Texas, but his phone number says he's right here in my area code in Atlanta. He had the warmest outreach to me, and it was in direct response to my clicking on that blog. Now, if you don't want to talk about mm -hmm. the need for speed being demonstrated here, I do. <laughs> This is franchise sales as it no should be done, and I was, I mean, overwhelmingly impressed with the the fact that I'm in their mailing list, and I don't know where or how that happened. But he didn't approach me about trying to buy a franchise. He approached me with, obviously, you've got some interest in, uh, you know, positive attitude in the blog post about business ownership. You know, we've we've got a family of brands. Would you be at all interested in learning about those? And in real time. This is lead generation. This is a company making lead generation proactively happen for them instead of letting things uh, be reactive and waiting to see how many more leads I might be able to buy from a, a portal or another source. This is beautiful. And so I'm going to give Mr. Tunmeyer a call later today and congratulate him on what they're doing across all the brands. This is, this is really lead gen and business development the way it should be, and I'm going to probably ask him if we can showcase that a little bit more on my Wednesday Wise webinar next week, in addition to talking about it here on Franchise Today. High fives to the Dwyer Group. We know in every way we, we honor Dina and the organization for their values, but look at this. this. This is what they're doing to generate opportunities and to bring the right people to their family or brands. My hats go off to them. Yeah, I think it's uh, very synonymous that I'm in Disney World, you know, with the uh, the Magic Kingdom of Entertainment, because I often <laughs> refer to the Dwyer Group as the Magic Kingdom of Franchising over there in the little town of Waco, Texas. Yeah, hats off to them. They do a absolute wonderful job today. Any other tidbits before we bring on today's guest? No, I think we'll save the tidbits for the back of the house, and we'll just share some upcoming dates a little bit later, but let's not take any more time before we allow you to introduce our guest today. Well, our guest today is uh, Michael Potes. He's the uh, president of Sovrano LLC out of Fort Worth, Texas. And for those of you that don't know, that's the private equity firm that acquired Gaddy's Pizza as the popularity of pizza chains continues to rise. Gaddy's Pizza was one of several franchise brands to attract private equity investments in recent years. Michael, welcome to Franchise Today. Well, thank you, and thank you for having me. I really do appreciate it. We appreciate you being with us, Michael. Well, we certainly, yeah, absolutely. And so with that, Michael, what I'm going to do is I'm going to bow out because I have to uh, 
board a plane that's uh, waiting on me, uh, but you're in good hands with Stan, and I'll be listening uh, through the end of the show. Thanks again for being our guest today. Stan, take it away. Thanks, Paul. Safe travels, and uh, get home and get some rest. So, Michael, we always like to begin our podcast with gaining a deeper understanding of the person that we're we're in the spotlight with this week. And I know that there are some really iconic brands in your past, but even before uh, getting into the franchise world and the restaurant operations world, take us back to what your preparation for all that looked like. How did that all come about? Well, I think for I think for myself, it, I grew up in a restaurant family, and that uh, that began in San Diego when I was a child. My uncle Jack was is Jack Goodall, uh, and he for many many decades was the uh, chairman and CEO of Jack in the Box Restaurants. And my father uh, started with that company, worked 28 years with Jack in the Box, and and so. You know, it it was a, it really was part of our DNA as a family because we were so you know, interconnected with QSR. And you know, my very first job, I'll never forget this: uh, showing up at a Jack in the Box and working, uh, making tacos and putting the cheese in the taco and assembling the taco, and and basically at the end of a couple of weeks, where I thought it was just an awesome thing. Not only was it great to work in a restaurant and serve guests and make them happy, you got 50% off the food as well, which was a a great thing to have at 16. And then the surprise was at the end of two weeks, you received a check and realized (laughs) that you could get paid for having that type of fun. I don't know if I knew at that point in time that I had been hooked as a (laughs) restaurateur and that this was serving serving guests would become such a passion but for me that's really you know where it began and i have over the years owned and operated a a few different systems and really uh came out with a from a from a culinary arts background um, educationally and uh i think i think going back to some of the more recent stints at some of the organizations i uh I I was married in 2000 and literally, you know, right in the middle of uh of 9/11 and all that happened uh right before uh 2000, I moved up to Boise, Idaho to run the Papa John system up there and ended up uh finishing my tenure down in Dallas Fort Worth as a director of operations for Papa John's and uh, left Papa John's to go to work for a great company, and you know, Papa John's was a great company to work for, and so that would have been hard to top, but I, I spent time working with Whataburger restaurants, and I really must say that uh, though it's not a credential that you could use, for me personally, it was a, a master's degree in restaurant operations. I learned so much uh, from this family and this iconic brand uh, here in Texas, and uh, important things like the details of service, and that you you don't need to to be the master of uh, the jack of all trades. You just need to be the master 
of one or two, and, and they really knew how to execute uh, the best hamburger, I think, in, this, in the system. And, you know, it was a blessing to work for some leadership there that, uh, that, that I was able to develop and grow under. And, you know, from that point, I moved over and took over a small uh, struggling franchise of Dairy Queen, uh, that uh, that company, with a, with a lot of hard work from the, the staff that, that we had and the team members, we were able to turn that brand, that not the brand, but the franchise around uh, to, to very good profitability. Uh, we sold that that brand and or that that, that particular Dairy Queen uh, system, and we were at that time at the point of sale. I think the second largest franchise in the world of of Dairy Queen, and I ended up staying with the private equity group, and we looked for you know, another purchase in this segment, and so the purchase that we made was was Gaddy's Pizza. We we just fell in love with that particular brand, and and really, uh, you know, with at that time 46 to 47 years of history behind it, uh, it was a fantastic opportunity for us. And you know, we've been into this uh, acquisition now a little over two years, and and things are going great. So we're going to talk more about the brand. Uh, in just a minute, but I wanted to reach back to your preparation for all of this. Now, you've, you've talked about the practical side of your education and that you came out of a restaurant family. Um, what did you study in school, and was it anywhere close to the target that you hit becoming a restaurateur yourself? Really, in school, I uh, started out with, uh, you know, just the business administration and finance piece, but really... My passion and, and how I finished, finished education was going to culinary school in California uh, and working for a uh, Mexico-based hotel chain and spent time. Uh, my, my passion was really behind the counter in the kitchen, and you know that's where my love was for the business, and really I spent most of my younger years in a culinary position, and you know as I started to mature and and grow uh, I really really realized that the 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 part of the business that made me feel personally fulfilled and that I felt that that I could contribute the best was in interacting with the guests and so it, it, that was really the nexus of bringing me to the front of the house and you know beginning in leadership roles that were really front of the house and uh, we uh, we've owned and operated, or I've owned and operated a few different systems, and and uh, and each one of those, it, it you know that was where our passion lied was just making friends with the guests and building relationships. And so I didn't, you know, I I think I think we talked a little earlier. One of the things that it's interesting is that there are most folks uh, that that I meet, this is they fall into this, and that this is not maybe the first choice that right. they'd in their life, and for me, um, it really was kind of the opposite. I, I really I enjoy looking at guests' eyes and knowing that we've delivered great service, and, and so I, I love to host private functions at our home, and it just, it really was something that, 
that I had a great deal of passion with. And I felt that what I what I was became very passionate about was that from a leadership perspective, it wasn't as important to um, go out and find a great team as it was to take the team and the cards that you've been dealt in any business scenario and spend the time and the effort developing the folks that you do have. And that, you know, that's really where my passion lies is on the people side of this particular business. So for me, I think, you know, I, I was hooked potentially in my DNA with, you know, my dad coming from the restaurant business and family. But, uh, you know, this is really where I've spent my entire life uh, with uh, maybe one small diversion um, with Atlas van lines for a very hot, long, and arduous summer <laughs> in Tucson, Arizona when I was younger. And that really, uh, at that point in time, I knew that, that this was the business for me just based on just based on the time spent elsewhere. So one last missing puzzle piece for me is, um, and I think you said it was when you were with the Dairy Queen group that they were looking for another brand to to bring on board. Was that correct? Correct. And so here you are looking, I guess, from the way I see it, you're, you're a strong asset as, um, as a member of a team that turned – things around and could make turnarounds happen and here they went looking for another brand to uh, to acquire and put into the portfolio and and you've with the titles that you wear it would appear to me anyway and I'll ask you to clarify it um, that you're not only doing magic in customer experience but um, you must be doing magic in P&Ls and you must be doing magic in in the corporate C-suite as well I mean titled vice chairman and um, you know of the private equity company as well as the brand, so you've got more than one feather in that quiver, and you must have some business strength and and um, savvy on the financial side of the roadmap as well. Tell us a little bit about that side of your life. Well, you know, I think that the systems and control piece that just came over the years um, with the blessing and experience of working with some strong brands and taking best practices. And bringing those to life today, uh, I I have to say that you know the, the on both sides of the equation, from both managing the equity piece uh, and and on top of that, uh, the brands that we hold in our portfolios, you know what I think the the contribution that's made is is having been having done this long enough and humbly saying that. There's nothing that I know today. Most of what I've learned today is just having gone down that road and knowing what door to go through and having confidence that knowing that based on failures that I've had and successes, what decisions would be made in different in different areas. And so, you know, with respect to the turnarounds, I, I, that's, this is what I like to do, and I don't really call them turnarounds as much as just re-energizing brands. Mm-hmm. And... That passion that you bring to the brand, that starts with you at, as a leader in the company coming to work with it every day. And even on rough days where, you, you know, the sky's falling and the acorn hits you on the head, you still have to have that tenacity to keep a smile on and not take yourself so serious. Uh, this is, this is a, um, a business of humility and service. And I think that, 
from a leadership perspective in getting these businesses to turn, you you really have to have the strength and character to let great people do their job and to not micromanage every attribute of a business to the point that you uh, are trying to change your culture and assign a not only you hire the people to do to the to do the job but you also define how they're going to do it from a personality perspective and i think from it's just my opinion that uh, what makes this job fun is all of the different personalities that go into a turnaround and that there are so many different ways to get from A to Z. And what's great is to watch the different folks that come and go through through the system, um, all the different ways that they they make it from A to Z. Because based on your personality and your skill sets and the gifts that you've been given and the talents, I think that you're going to approach it differently than others. And so, you know, landing the plane on your particular question, you know, the profit and loss piece, all of that, you know, it's not a byproduct of having expertise in reading P&Ls. That can be taught. I think for us, what we do is we take the business and partition it down to its granular level, and so we understand what the core of the business is to manage, and then we hit that those parts of the business the hardest with with leadership. And then the byproduct of that leadership is is improved EBITDA, improved market share, reaching critical mass in DMAs as you start to grow branding. And so hopefully that answers that question for you. So a little broad, if somebody were to if somebody were to do as I've done and take a look at your LinkedIn profile, they're going to find a lot of umbrellas up over your head and your involvement is with the portfolio company as a president of Gaddy's and, and somewhat involved with Gigi's as well. Is that correct? Yes, I'm actually the CEO of Gigi. So I have what I, I consider to be intimate involvement with that particular <laughs> asset as well. So it's, uh, and we've got, uh, we've got a great team in both of those groups and, 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 you know, you you could say that it would be, boy, that's a lot of work for one person. And I would tell you that the reason why I'm able to do uh, so much is because I've got such a great team that works, that partners with us every single day. You know, I show up to work with best-in-class individuals in our marketing department, in our IT department, our operations team, um, everybody. And, you know, that's what makes the difference. And and for me it's it's a rare breed nowadays to find folks that really they're doing this because they're passionate about it and this is where they want to be and we are. that's great so let's talk a little bit about the reinvigoration instead of the turnaround and let's let's talk about the brands themselves because your 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 pizza brands especially now i mean i feel like pizza has become almost what yogurt did a few years back um, in fast casual pizza has just been like a hot ticket. I, one would think, and I think in the yogurt business and then taking it out of food, some might think that the elder care business is just cram packed full of brands, but the opportunities in the marketplace are, are why those opportunities are being created and generated. There's an appetite for it. So let's talk about the appetite for Gaddy's and its historical um, track from 
back in the 60s to the current day and what the value proposition of the, of the brand's current offerings are today that are maybe a little different than they were back in the 60s. Great, great. Well, I think maybe if it's okay, maybe I tell you a little bit about the history of the brand and talk about some of the existing latency that we have in the markets that we're in. Please do. Okay. Well, so, you know, Gaddy's has really had a, uh, since 1969, they've had a passion for pizza. And the 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 product is just standalone and a great pizza product. And, you know, that, we kind of chuckled when you brought up the, when the yogurt part because I don't. I think you. I think you might have hit it right on the head with that. How saturated that particular segment is. Pizza is is very saturated. A friend of mine years ago said, you know, pizza is the um, the biggest brand in the country. And I laughed and said, uh, no, no, hamburgers kill the pizza. I mean, you got to be. I said, what proof do you have of that? And he said, you know. Pizza is the only company that has their actual name in the yellow pages under the word pizza. And you think about it, the, there are a lot of competitors out there, and what we do a little different than folks are we really do uh, fresh pack our our tomato sauce four hours from harvest, and it's steam and peeled. And we make our dough every day, fresh, by hand, every single day, and we let it rise twice before it goes into use. And we use a smoked provolone cheese that has been aged in, in brine and smoke flavor and, and shredded. And it's a fantastic product. Uh, it has great bite integrity. It has great pull from the pizza. And it offers a very unique cheese um, and taste flavor profile for our pizza. Uh, you know, the, uh, the family, you know, that founded the, uh, the yours founded the company in Stephenville, and and it over over the last 47 years has been owned by just two private equity groups basically, and in in those two scenarios the brand never, you know they were both private equity groups that owned it were great people and they and they did wonderful job, but their priority was not to grow the brand their their priority was to operate the brand, but. There was just not a lot of growth under those under those ownership regimes, and what we really liked about the pizza and about this particular brand was when you when you bring it up when you're traveling in Texas and when you're traveling outside in in some of the other states that we do business Kentucky Ohio Tennessee and you bring up Gaddy's Pizza people will smile and they'll talk about a great story or memory they had with the brand. And you can't – that to me is millions and millions of dollars worth of marketing that already exists with the knowledge of, of the trade name Gaddy's Pizza. And so that really was the priority for our purchase. We felt that the, the trade name was so strong that we wouldn't have to spend an inordinate amount of dollars in – getting folks uh, reacquainted with the brand that they grew up with and were very familiar with. Does that make sense? It sure does. And so you've, you've built upon that history, and what have you done to further reinvent the original franchise model, or the, actually the original Gaddy's model, because my understanding is, is that now there's, 
not only the uh, the fun center and the pizza buffet, um, but there's also a fast casual component to the Gaddy's opportunities as they're being offered today. So help us with that. Well, I, that's exactly what we did. And I think, you know, the first thing you do in an acquisition is you stabilize the platform. And so we spent our first uh, six months stabilizing and making sure that we understood the brand. And I'll tell you the thing that really helped me personally um, understand the brand the best was taking the time to travel to all but five locations I think I have left where I've gotten to meet each of the owners, their guests, their location, take pictures, eat their product, hear the stories behind the brand. That, I think, was where the true learning of and the acquisition of the culture came. Our, our challenge with the brand was, over the years, we had such a strong franchise group that the platforms needed to be really honed in and reined in and defined well. The brand began as a pizzeria. And in the 80s, it turned itself into a buffet with Midway. And but the, the roots of the brand really came from a pizzeria scenario. And so over uh over the last twenty five months, you know, we've our leadership team has really first we've stabilized and invigorated the brand. You know, our we've improved our EBITDA performance as a corporation by over three hundred percent. our F D D markets two flexible platforms for one distinctive pizza. And that's that's a real important piece for us. Our, our pizza and our platform, it exists in two, two sets. We have family fast casual, and we'll talk about that in just a second, and then we have our family entertainment center. And so our platforms are simple. We have a buffet and non-buffet platforms on the market for, in our FTDs, and we feel that we needed to have a go-to-market strategy for our non-buffet, our, our table-side business. And so the family fast casual side of that business really goes back to the roots of our, you know, uh, of our company. And, you know, we, we went back and, and have a, we have a, a four-ingredient uh, crust, uh, sea salt, filtered water, flour, yeast, cooked on a stone-fired rotating oven platform. And it's a fantastic pizza, and and this is served family setting with beer and wine and games. And so, when you go when you come to our restaurant, one of the things you're going to notice right away, uh, and a big point of difference for us, is that you're not spending twenty five dollars for a fancy Neapolitan style pizza. Mm-hmm. Our pizzas uh, range from six dollars to seventeen dollars, and really. Our entrees are under $10. Our sandwiches are under 8 Our salad, salads range from $4 to $8. We have a great gelato bar. Um, we probably, in that gelato bar, could only sell one gelato and be successful, and that's our salted caramel with chocolate. Um, and we have beer and wine, and we have uh, family-friendly games. And when I say family-friendly games... You're never going to see games in any of our locations that uh, have people shooting at actual people. Now, that could be argued if a zombie is an actual human or not, but I think that's <laughs> the closest that we get to that. But 
what we want to do is have mom and dad or a family or friends be able to come in, and if somebody wants a beer, they can have an ice-cold, frozen solid schooner served with fresh local draft beer. We have a great wine selection. Uh, we have great sodas um, with Coca-Cola. We then offer a number of pizzas, uh, style crust. We have a thin flatbread pizza. It's crispy. It's light. It's a great pizza for summertime. We have our original crust as well. Uh, we have we have two of those uh, two of those locations up and running. It's called Mr. Gaddy's Pizza, and we we are offering that location as a franchise opportunity. That particular brand and. And that's for folks that really want to be, you know, in a family fast casual setting. We think this is a great urban concept that would really suit large DMAs and cities where, you know, rents are expensive. Um, we have a second platform, our family entertainment center, and that really starts at about 7,000 square feet and, and moves up to about 20,000 square feet. And, you know, when we say family entertainment center, we, we – I think the the best way to explain it is first it's a buffet. I mean it's not just a buffet. Uh, I I can honestly tell you that you know we use the freshest possible product in every attribute, and that is the difference maker. Is you know we we talk a lot about pizza. We talk a lot about pricing. Sometimes we say our pizza might not be the uh, the cheapest pizza, but if you buy a cheaper product, you might have to eat it. And our product is bar none one of the best out in the marketplace right now. A third of that platform is going to be dedicated to great family games. And so that's uh that also that platform provides us an opportunity to have birthdays, um, special events, community events, um, the brands uh from a family fast casual both of them uh, I think you're going to see that the menu uh, is very reasonably priced, and and that's our that's the difference maker. You know, if you're looking at an investment, one of the things that we looked hard at was, is this are we going to be the brand that strives to be at the corner of Main Street and expensive and a core DMA? Is that where we want to be? Because our performa would have to reflect that meaning our prices would need to be higher. Mm-hmm. We need to generate the revenue to afford those rents, which we like to keep right around 8%. And so we're huge fans of tertiary markets and yep. uh, and smaller towns. We're huge fans of staying on the outskirts of a large DMA to build large family entertainment centers. All the things that you'd expect to come in tow, we've spent the last two years you know, optimizing uh, ideal cogs, labor. Um, we have cost-efficient uh, FF&E, um, and then I think one of the things that we've really spent a lot of time this year, we've got very talented people in tow, is uh, our primary guest engagement platform through is is done through digital and social platforms, and that uh, that in itself is um, a huge change in thinking. Uh, you know, we. When we come back, we're going to talk more about the franchise opportunity, the difference between the two, and who the ideal candidates would and should be 
for Gaddy's Pizza. You're listening to Franchise Today. I'm Stan Friedman, and our guest today is Michael Potes, who is President and Vice Chair of Gaddy's Pizza. Franchise Today is brought to you by the Franchise Foundry, where they've been bringing emerging brands to market for more than 30 years. The Franchise Foundry fosters healthy, sustainable growth for their clients, the kind that comes from experience. The Franchise Foundry provides both coaching and consulting, a hybrid approach that delivers more effective solutions for both the franchisor's corporate team as well as for their franchisees. The Foundry team is rich in practical, hands-on experience and expertise with general business management, operational and change management, digital marketing, and of course, franchise recruitment and development. Plus, the Foundry team can also assist with creating roadmaps for potential mergers and acquisitions and can provide you with the guidance needed to navigate them. Learn more about Paul Segreto and the Franchise Foundry, as well as their expanding list of clients, at www.franchisefoundry.com. Franchise Today is also brought to you by FRM Solutions, offering best-in-class CRM and document management software designed specifically for franchising. FRM empowers real-time business intelligence, communication, and collaboration between all members of the franchisor's team and perspective as well as existing franchisees. This enables you to simply and seamlessly track, access, and manage all messages to and from prospective and existing franchisees, including text. Legal and compliance is simplified, too, with FRM's document management and even site visits can be digitally facilitated and scored using FRM. Make today the day you give FRM a look and assure that all of your candidate and franchisee correspondence, including texts, are being permanently tracked and stored in candidate and franchisee records. FRM even provides state-of-the-art digital experiences for your prospective franchisees, replacing old-style virtual brochures. No long-term contracts, Multiple upgrades each year at no additional cost, no excuses, just solutions on the web at frmsolutions.com. So, Michael, let's dive into the franchise side of the business and learn a little bit more. We've learned a little bit about COGS marketing and real estate. Let's talk about the most important thing that we've actually begun with, and that's people. So, internally, you've amassed uh, a pool of really talented people internally to support the franchise population externally. Who, if you were rubbing the genie out of the lamp, would who would the perfect franchisee be? Well, you know, that's a good question. The, the, and I really think you're going to get to your – I'm going to give you two separate answers depend, because there are two well-defined trade areas that we look at as optimal. A lot of times, uh, what our first trade area that I'll talk about is the post-secondary tertiary markets, and we think that that offers a great opportunity for growth. You're the hero in a in a small town. Uh, that give there's opportunity there for reduced rent. There's opportunity for assistance from local municipalities, and you know from from our perspective, a lot of the folks that are interested in that those areas live in those towns have worked in the restaurant business, and this provides an excellent opportunity for them to bring to life a brand that they have uh, a great story and history with. Uh, We look for two types of operators in particular. We look for 
single um, single owned locations with with folks that have uh, with would have good experience in the restaurant business and uh, and if they if they're not experienced and they haven't been running restaurants what we're asking is that they have a key operator that will help uh, shore up that business from that perspective and in the in the larger DMAs we're looking for for DMA development trade area development agreements and so those are the type of people that have infrastructure already in tow that you know are able to run multiple restaurants that have that experience and capability and you know it's demonstrated in their in their experience and bona fides uh, so those are the those are the types of folks that we are looking for. Uh, we have a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of the folks that come in to the brand to to give it a look and and are looking at building and growing with us are our fans that over the years have been users of the brand and love it to the extent that they want to join the the franchise family and so. We work hard with them to, you know, train them, and we provide a full training program. Uh, it's very comprehensive all the way through operations to game room management, everything you can think of. But additionally, we help support them in recruiting, um, hiring, and training a key operator, if applicable, uh, to run the brand and uh, bring it to life in the town that it's in and, and help protect the asset and grow it financially for the owner. So uh, there, there are a number of, wa- number of different ways that we skin that cat with respect to the type of ownership and the type of people that we're interested in bringing into our system. Would you be looking more for the owner-operator single unit or area developers, uh, multi-unit, multi-flag types of franchisees or do you do you have a differentiator or um, do you have a preference even for one versus the other well we we really have a preference based on the size of the the commitment and where they're developing and so in the smaller towns the uh, that we've talked about today those are really our preference is going to be an owner operator because you know those businesses are built with the passion and the handshake and the love and the sweat and tears of an engaged owner that uh, is engaged, that's entrenched in the community. So that's a, that's a age old time proven tactic that has worked for everyone. And that's where we're at with respect to the type of person or a type of group that, that we'd like to see in those, those single units. Uh, when we look at a multi unit or a trade area development plan and, and we we are we are looking for somebody that has that experience in a multi-unit setting, or an existing uh, operations group or infrastructure group that has the capability to manage the attributes of human resource, leadership, uh, accounting, maintenance, training, and they have the wherewithal to bring those those specialties to life. Uh, and so for a bigger city, a city where we're going to have a group come in and say, we'd like to build four locations in this city here, 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 and here, um, we're really looking for, you know, that type of experience, multi-unit experience, and, 
and infrastructure that's existing that can support that type of growth. I'm not sure if I asked you earlier, are any of the existing uh, stores company owned or are they all franchised? So that's a that's a very good question, and I think we are just about we're under th- just under thirty percent as far as corporate owned, and that's a that's a big point of difference for us. We we really believe that the skin in the game, having skin in the game, and and the model of behavior with our corporate locations, it helps provide credibility to the ownership group and uh, to us as a corporation. And so that's really, you know, it's a little counterintuitive to where folks are heading nowadays where uh, they're not running corporate operations or corporate-owned locations. But for us, that's a mission critical. And, you know, so we do have just under 30% of the corporate or the locations in the Gaddy system are corporately owned. And as it, it was, system, it was tough to tell. I mean, I'm just looking on the website and I could have read I could have read into this one way or the other, which is kind of what generated the question. It says with 42 franchises and 76 locations, which could be one of two things: it could be uh, multiple unit operators, or it could be some company stores, or some combination of both. And we're really up over the I think what is it 91 locations right now, uh, and so that particular portion is just the franchise portion. And so within our franchise community. The majority of our owner operators are single unit operators in small towns. However, we have three or four, um, I'll probably try to count in my head, probably six operators that run multiple locations. And, you know, that, and some of those range from up to seven locations. And, you know, but we have, we have six, we have six franchisees that are multi unit operators. And then, out of the 42, the rest would be single location operators. And if I were to ask you just off the top of your head for how the company stores perform versus franchise stores, what would we what would we tell me? I would say that our our locations are very comparable to the corporate locations. Uh, when I will tell you, without getting into too much of a specific, uh, when we bought the company. The um, across-the-board sales were down, and I can tell you right now that as a system, we are positive, and we are running positive above what uh, what the segment generally is running at this point in time. Our our shining star right now in the system is the Family Entertainment Center, right, and the the growing star, the one that. Uh, that we're working hard on and we're very happy with its uh, progress is the Mr. Gaddy's family fast casual side. Um, But uh, generally the system right now is running above the segment in comparative growth and and we're very pleased with its financial performance. Uh, I think I I told you earlier that you know we've seen over a 300% improvement in EBITDA, um, run rate EBITDA and that's that's a huge improvement in less than less than 26 months. And you guys do have an item 19 for an FPRs? Correct, yes. And so how old is the is the oldest agreement in the franchise population? How long has the longest-term franchisee been in business? Any idea? I would have to say easily. Um, 
so I, I want to make sure I'm absolutely correct here. So the best <laughs> I can tell Ball you park. that it, it's over 30 years. We that have, is amazing. That we have franchisees in the system. And so, and you, you, and those folks, when you go to meet them, if you've partitioned two hours, that is not enough time to get out of a conversation because of the passion and the years of experience that they bring. And and the franchisees, i got to tell you that that's the group that we're the most proud of. The, our franchisees, we, we couldn't ask for a better group of individuals. They're, they're engaged in their businesses. They're passionate about what they do each and every day. And they, they love their guests. They're in, integrated into their towns. And, and I think I, I alluded to it earlier in the call that, you know, when you buy an asset or buy a company, you always come in with a predetermined notion of how things are going to go, what are going to be the action items, what's going to be the critical turnaround points. But I have to tell you that for me, the most influential piece of, of, um, that, that we took into account was just the one-on-one visits with each of the franchisees at their locations. And, and it's just amazing. And, you know, the, story that, the stories that we just love are the small town where they're the center of the town. They're, if you look at our location um, listing, you'll see a number of locations that are actually on Main Street in their town, and they're just embedded into their communities. And that's, I think, what makes it different. And a lot of the owner-operators are husband and wives and families that have run these restaurants for more than 30 years. And so dad might not be working as much, and the older son or oldest daughter might be stepping into that role from a succession planning piece. That's the most amazing piece to me that I'm hearing is succession and, you know, building a legacy brand that has that kind of tenure is almost unheard of, and that is phenomenal, 30 years. It really is, and, you know, when when you hit it on the head, I really, the nail on the head when you talked about the yogurt, because... You know, we I see the new pizza brands coming up all the time, and and you know, they're all great brands, and I and you know as well as I do that it doesn't matter the brand as much as the leader at the time that you consume the brand, right? That that's the person that brings the concept to life at that time or not. But the big difference with us is that um, we're not less than five years old or less than three years old. You know, we're getting we're getting we're closing in on our 50th birthday as a brand, that's just huge. And, you know, that's where we're, we, we really have a goal of, in the next five years, getting the brand back up into the 200 location range. And we, we think it will really uh, unfold with 70% of that growth in the Family Entertainment Center arena and the 30% growing you know, alongside of our family fast casual brand, and that's and that's why we did the family fast casual because it out in the public domain there are folks that default against a buffet no matter what and stop. We understand that, mm-hmm. so we thought that that was mission critical to blunt that that particular concern with that family fast casual. We're going to ask you in just a minute to tell the audience how they can get in touch with you because we're getting very close to out of time. But I just want to follow up with one quick question first, relevant to that 30-year tenure. 
What is the uh, the existing FTD call for for term of contract? How many years does somebody buy a commitment for when they come with you? Yeah, so right now our agreements are for five with renewals or uh, ten and and five year renewals. Uh, but right now we're we're signing five with renewals. Well, I can't tell you what a testament it is that you've got people who've been around for uh, re-ups that that extend beyond 30 years. That's magic. I love that number, and you ought to be really, really proud. Please let the audience know of any upcoming shows, expos, places that they can see the brand or learn more because you're there to talk about it and uh, how they can get back in touch with you or Jack or anybody on the team that they'd like to learn more about the opportunities that you're offering in the markets that you're uh, looking to further develop in. Well, so I'd say our, our, the brand that's the most fun place to be right now in our company is at our newest location in Mesquite, Texas. And that's a, that's a family entertainment center. That It opened up a little over 12,000 square feet. Uh, it, we are real proud of that. It is, I will tell you right now that the sales at that location um, have just blown us away. Uh, we've had weeks north of $50,000, and, you know, we haven't even started advertising yet. So we are seeing that sales pop just based solely on the latency of the brand, the uh, training nights where we had family nights uh, where we tested the product and, and introduced it to the community. And so if you're in Texas, I'd encourage you to stop in and enjoy some fun and enjoy some great pizza at that location. The best way to get in touch with us, if you're interested in talking uh, about a franchise opportunity, um, is with our Vice President of Franchise Operations, and that's Jack Sibley, S-I-B-L-E-Y. And that's at Gaddy's Pizza Franchise, G-A-T-T-I-S, pizzafranchise.com. So it's all one word, gaddiespizzafranchise.com. And then we have our main website, which is just gaddiespizza.com. Uh, one thing that, a uh, couple things that we're working on that could be fun for folks is, you know, we're working on enhancements with third-party delivery right now that look exciting. We're looking at take and bake, and we are testing that right now, and, and that is exciting as well. Uh, and, and if anybody has any questions and like to reach out directly to me, it's Michael Potes at GaddiesPizza.com. And our main and P-O-A-T-E-S, correct? Correct. And it's Michael.Potes. Sorry about that. They just can't – your IT folks will just not let it slide without that dot there in the <laughs> middle. And then Michael, our, our primary phone number, 817-546. 3,500. I can't thank you enough for the time, for the passion, for the story and the history that you've been able to share with the audience today on so many fronts. Uh, we really appreciate getting to learn more about the opportunity and the brands and learning more about you as an individual. Michael Potes, thank you for being here on today on Franchise Today. It was our honor, and we appreciate you inviting us. Thank you very much. And so a uh, quick reminder at, here at the back of the house, uh, just a couple of upcoming events 
During the dog days of summer, we've got the Franchise Capital Exchange coming up very quickly, August 22nd through the 24th in Chicago. Um, FranchiseCapitalExchange.com for more information. Uh, Shelly Sun, IFA Chairwoman, Robert Crisante, CEO and President of the IFA, Daryl Johnson, uh, Susan Beth, a host of franchising luminaries will be participating, and uh, we invite you to, uh, to join them. So that's the 22nd through the 24th. FRM is proudly sponsoring the Franchise Capital Exchange, and we hope to see you there. Also, in the month of August, rounding out the, the month in the summer, going into Labor Day weekend, actually, August 30th and 31st is the Fagri Baker Daniels Franchise Summit in Minneapolis. Uh, Shelly Sun making the rounds to that event as well. And uh, also an incredible speaker, if you've never heard him, uh, Troy Hazard makes the price of admission worthwhile all by himself. But it's going to be the five habits of highly successful franchise systems being taught by Brian Schnell and the Fagree Baker Daniels franchise team and a host of speakers um, and luminaries from both the uh, franchisee and franchisor uh, side of the business and well, a few of us suppliers as well. So until the next time, next week, we'll be back again on Franchise Today with Paul and yours truly. I'm Stan Friedman wishing you the best, the very best of all things franchising and Franchise Today is out. <laughs> Franchise pros, Stan the man, Paul Segretto, Badlands baby. Huh. Franchising Today, sustainable growth, the sensible franchising. Franchise Today, Sustainable growth, the sensible frame.